0: Harrison Harney with your Cross-Politic Daily News Brief, Wednesday, October 25th, 2022. Happy Hump Day, everyone. I hope everyone is having a fantastic week thus far. Now, let's talk about our Fight, Laugh, Feast magazine. Folks, we're on a mission to make magazines great again. So subscribe to our Fight, Laugh, Feast magazine. This is a quarterly mini-book-like experience packed full of a variety of authors that includes theologically-driven cultural commentary, a psalm of the quarter, recipes for feasting, laughter sprinkled throughout the glossy pages, and more. Sign your church up. Sign your grumpy uncle up. And while you're at it, sign up the Pope. Elon Musk and Russell Moore. Disclaimer, this magazine will guarantee various responses, and Cross Politic is not held liable for any of them. Reading the whole magazine may cause theological maturation, possibly encourage your kids to take Lord's Supper with you, and will likely cause you to randomly chuckle in joy at God's wondrous world. Sign up today for issues and sixty dollars per year. That's it. Go to FightLaughfeast.com right now to sign up. Now on to the news. New York City ordered by court to reinstate all those fired over COVID vaccine mandates. On Tuesday, the New York Supreme Court ruled that New York City must reinstate all employees that were fired because of their vaccination, vaccination status. The court also ordered that those fired back pay must be issued. The lawsuit was filed against the city of New York. The New York City Department of Health and Mental Hygiene the New York Department of Sanitation, Commissioner of the Department of Health and Mental Hygiene, David Choschke, the New York City, and of course, New York City Mayor, Eric Adams. Though vaccination should be encouraged, public employees should not have been terminated for their noncompliance, the court stated. Based upon the petitioner's vague denials of their exemptions, the fact that they were kept in full duty for several months while their exemptions were pending, the mayor's executive order granting exemptions in certain classes of people and the lifting of the private sector mandate. This court finds the commissioner's orders of October 20th, 2021 and December 13th, 2021, as well as the mayor's executive number 62 to be arbitrary and capricious. The court ruled the petitioners of the suit are former Department of Sanitation employees who were terminated from their positions in February, 2022. The petitioners argued that Adams Executive Order No. 62, which provided exemptions for athletes, performers, and other artists, rendered the public employee vaccination mandate arbitrary and capricious or unconstitutional. The court noted all but one of the petitioners applied for exemptions and questioned why the city could not keep its vaccine or test policy. The court did not argue against the issuing temporary vaccination mandates in a public health emergency, but added... Quote, however, ordering and enforcing that vaccination policy on only a portion of the populace or for an indefinite period of time is akin to legislating. The court also stated being vaccinated does not prevent an individual from contracting or transmitting COVID-19. As of the day of this decision, CDC guidelines regarding quarantine and isolation are the same for vaccinated and unvaccinated individuals. The petitioners should not have been terminated for choosing not to protect themselves. We have learned through the course of the pandemic that the vaccine against COVID-19 is not absolute. Breakthrough cases occur even for those who have been vaccinated and boosted. President Joseph Biden has said that the pandemic is over. The state of New York ended the COVID-19 state of emergency over a month ago. That was according to the courts. Elsewhere, Hillary Clinton already accusing right-wing extremists of stealing the 2024 election.
1: Hello, Indivisibles. I'm here to highlight something that is keeping me up at night. And I know this group really understands what I'm about to say. I know we're all focused on the 2022 midterm elections, and they are incredibly important. But we also have to look ahead. Because you know what? Our opponents certainly are. Right-wing extremists already have a plan to literally steal the next presidential election. And they're not making a secret of it. The right-wing controlled Supreme Court may be poised to rule on giving state legislatures. Yes, you heard me that correctly. State legislatures the power to overturn presidential elections. Just think, if that happens, the 2024 presidential election could be decided not by the popular vote, or even by the anachronistic electoral college, but by state legislatures, many of them Republican controlled. But there's also good news in the face of this very real threat to democracy. Indivisible has launched Crush the Coup to make sure we're ready to defend democracy in 2024. They've put together a list of critical races in six key states and how you can get involved. Will you support Crush the Coup by donating to Indivisible and state legislature candidates? Each of these races is highly competitive and your dollars could very well decide the winners and the winner of the next presidential election. This could not be more important or more urgent.
0: Former presidential candidate Hillary Clinton in a video posted to social media accused right-wing extremists of having a plan to literally steal the next presidential election. The video was posted by an organization called Invisible, Indivisible, rather, which claims on its website to be a grassroots movement of thousands of local indiv- indivisible groups with a mission to elect progressive leaders, rebuild our democracy, and defeat the Trump agenda. The failed presidential candidate has repeatedly questioned the results of the 2016 election. In 2021, Clinton said that Russian President Vladimir Putin helped to rig the 2016 election against her in an interview on MSNBC. Putin is the great disruptor. He has a clear mission to undermine democracies, first and foremost, the United States, end quote. Almost immediately after that statement, Clinton also claimed that anyone who would dispute the results of the 2020 election was working for the Kremlin, either directly or indirectly. According to the organization's website, Indivisible was founded in response to Trump's election, but we know that Trump is a symptom of a sick democracy, not its cause. We face two fundamental problems. First, our democracy was rigged from the start in favor of the white and wealthy. The groups added in the last few decades, an alliance of white nationalists and the ultra rich have been actively working to further undermine democracy and cement their hold on power permanently. That's how we ended up with Trump. We have to build a democracy that reflects a broad, multiracial, we the people, one that works for all of us and is sustained by all of us. Only then will we be able to achieve a progressive vision for our future. The group also has its own 501c3, 501c4 and pack moving on elon musk remember him well he may close his twitter deal by friday elon musk has pledged to close his 44 billion dollar twitter incorporated deal by friday in a video conference call with bankers who are helping fund the deal bloomberg news reported on tuesday citing people with knowledge on the matter the banks have finished putting together their final credit agreement and are in the process of signing the documentation according to the report one of the last steps in moving funds to Musk. Twitter and Musk's lawyers were not immediately available for comment. Musk has pledged to provide $46.5 billion in equity and debt financing for the acquisition, which covers the $44 billion price tag and closing costs. Banks, including Morgan Stanley and Bank of America Corp., have committed to provide $13 billion of debt financing to support the deal. Equity investors, including Oracle Corp., Co-founder Larry Ellison and Saudi Prince Alweed bin Talal will pitch in with $7.1 billion of their own. Moving on, not even green energy execs are buying Biden's offshore wind plan. Wind energy executives are skeptical of the Biden administration's plan to significantly expand offshore wind power in the next several years due to rising costs and the slow permitting of offshore leases according to the Financial Times. The Biden administration aims to grow U.S. offshore wind generation from less than one gigawatt currently to 30 gigawatts by the end of 2030 as part of its aggressive green energy transition, according to a White House fact sheet. However, wind executives are concerned that the administration's target is too ambitious as projects are constantly delayed by a permitting bottleneck and expensive leases, the FT reported. Various energy projects, including offshore wind developments, face difficulties in receiving correct permitting from the government, which delays construction and increases costs, according to the FT. Democratic Senator Joe Minken of West Virginia proposed a permitting bill in September that could have accelerated the federal permitting of key wind, solar, and fossil fuel projects. However, the measure was pulled from a recent government funding bill after it failed to gain sufficient support in the Senate. Mencken's bill would have also given the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission, or FERC, more power to expedite the permitting of transmission lines that transport electricity produced by offshore wind and other renewables to urban areas. Roughly 77 gigawatts of offshore wind are awaiting transmission, according to the Department of Energy's August Wind Energy Report. Executives also claim prices of federal leases for offshore wind developments are too high which makes it difficult for wind developers to make profits, the FT reported. The federal New York Bright Offshore Wind Auction, which offered six lease areas totaling over 488,000 acres, received $4.37 billion in total in winning bids, representing the nation's highest grossing competitive offshore energy lease sale in history, according to an Interior Department press release. Inflation is a further concern for wind farms and their equipment manufacturers at the cost of materials continues to rise according to the Financial Times. Elsewhere, let's head south. New Border Patrol numbers show an alarming number of terrorists entering the U.S. New numbers released in a calculated late Friday night news dump over the weekend show an alarming and increasing number of suspected terrorists are entering the United States through the southern border with Mexico. According to the data, Border Patrol agents have encountered ninety-eight suspected terrorists in fiscal year twenty twenty two. While in twenty twenty one, that number was fifteen. In twenty twenty it was three, and in twenty nineteen it was zero. I wonder who was president back then. Curious. The Terrorist Screening Data Set, TSDS, also known as the Watch List, is the US government's database that contains sensitive information on terrorist identities. The TSDS originated as the Consolidated Terrorist Watchlist to House Information on Known or Suspected Terrorists, KSTs, but has evolved over the last decade to include additional individuals who represent a potential threat to the United States, including known affiliates of watchlisted individuals, U.S. Customs and Border Protection explains. The current number only includes suspected terrorists who were caught, not the number embedded in the estimated 1 million illegal aliens who evaded law enforcement while entering the country and disappearing into American communities. Republican Congressman Andy Biggs, who represents Arizona's 5th Congressional District, is sounding the alarm about the increase. Man, well, after reading something like that, it makes you want to get this next product, I hope. Armored Republic, the mission of Armored Republic is to honor Christ by equipping free men with tools of liberty necessary to preserve God-given rights. In the Armored Republic, there is no king but Christ. They are free craftsmen. Body armor is a tool of liberty, and they create tools of liberty. Free men must remain ever vigilant against tyranny wherever it appears. God has given us the tools of liberty needed to defend the rights he bestowed to us. Armored Republic is honored to offer you those tools. Visit them at AR500Armor.com. That's AR500Armor.com. Now, it's time for the topic that I hold dear. Sports! WNBA. Okay, okay. Maybe not sports. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, The WNBA's Brittany Griner to serve a nine-year term in Russian penal colony after losing appeal. It's official, folks. A Russian court upheld the nine-year prison sentence for American basketball player Brittany Griner on Tuesday for drug possession. Griner appealed via video at the Moscow Regional Court from a penal colony outside the city where she is imprisoned and will remain. Griner was convicted on August 4th after police found vape canisters containing cannabis oil at the Moscow airport where she landed. Griner's appeal was rejected after a ruling on Tuesday to uphold the sentence. The ruling did state that Griner will have time served in prison with her pre-trial detention now being included in her sentence. With each day of pre-trial detention being counted as 1.5 days in prison, Griner will thus have to serve around eight years in a Russian prison, reports the AP. Griner's arrest came as tensions were high between Russia and the United States just days before Moscow made the call to send troops to Ukraine. Griner played basketball in a Russian women's league during the WNBA off offseason. Griner said that she, pant- she had packed the canisters accidentally and that she was prescribed cannabis for pain. She pleaded guilty to the charge. Griner's sentence of nine years was close to the maximum of ten, with her legal team saying that the punishment was excessive. Even NBA star Steph Curry got in on the action in Brittany's defense.
1: Our platform and the opportunity to shout out a very special member of the basketball community. Brittany Griner's birthday is today. She's 32 years old. We want to continue to let her name be known. And we pray that it's been 243 days since she's been wrongfully uh, incarcerated in Russia. We hope that she comes home soon and everybody's doing their part to get her home.
0: Meanwhile, the White House told reporters following her conviction that they were aggressively pursuing every avenue to bring home Griner to the United States. White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre said that negotiations between Biden administration and Russia to bring Griner home remain ongoing. In July, there were reports that the Biden administration offered to exchange a convicted Russian arms trafficker, Victor Bout, for the release of Griner and Pale Whalen. On that note, ladies and gentlemen, this has been another Cross-Politic Daily News Brief. If you like the show, go ahead and hit that share button for me down below. If you want to sign up for a club membership, sign up for our magazine, or look into future conferences, head on over to fightlaugheast.com. And as always, if you want to send me a news story, if you want to ask about future conferences, or come a corporate Parker. Cross Politic. You know what to do. Email me at Garrison at fightlaughfeast.com. For Cross Politic News, I'm Garrison Hardy. Have a great day and Lord bless.